everyone. This is George Kuros with another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. And I'm actually doing this one solo. This is uh, something I wanted to record while all of this stuff is actually going on. And first of all, I want to just, how are you doing? I know for me, um, I have these moments where I'm kind of lost. I'm just doing work or I'm watching TV. I'm just kind of chilling out. And then all of a sudden, this wave of emotion hits me because I realize what's going on in our world right now. And it's it feels really messed up. And I think, you know, obviously, we're concerned about people, but it's just the uncertainty of things is really, um, I think, what a lot of people are struggling with. So I, I just want you to really think about how you doing and it's okay to struggle. I know that I struggle sometimes uh, with all of this stuff. Sometimes I'm in a great mood and I'm really trying to see the positives that can come out of this, but just really try to take that time and, and take that pause. And I, I, I wanted to do this podcast on a, an, um, an article I recently wrote uh, talking about five, four ideas for your consideration for online learning. And uh, before I wrote the article, or sorry, after I wrote the article, there was a, a really interesting article that came out. And just by the title, just the title really shook me. And the title is simply this, the difference between emergency remote teaching and online learning. And so think of those differences. Think of those differences of emergency remote teaching and online learning. Because we're not just moving school to online learning. There is a huge amount of things that are happening in our world, uh, lots of considerations, right? So if you actually have students that are currently in an online learning environment, even those students, you know, their lives could be upended because of their family situations, whatever is going on. So that, that idea of the emergency room teaching versus online learning is something really to consider. And so I know that um, what I'm going to try to do in this podcast and what I try to do in the article is really kind of just share some ideas for consideration. But I, I think it's also really important to remember that everyone's context is very different. Everyone's situation is very different. And so I'm just sharing ideas. I don't tell anyone how to do stuff. I don't tell anyone how to teach, how to learn. I just want to share ideas for discussion and consideration just to kind of, you know, provide support and give some people some ideas to think about some different things. And I really enjoyed uh, what one of my friends, Michelle Baldwin, had tweeted out. And I think it's really important right now. And she said simply this, I know I tweeted this before, but if you're a school leader right now, maybe hit the pause button for a bit. Parents need a beat or two to just breathe and sort things out. Kids don't need to be following your curriculum at this very moment. I thought that was really great advice from Michelle because I think what's happening you know, we want to just kind of replace and create the structure uh, for our kids, understanding that, you know, every kid's structure is so significantly different. And I think, as Michelle said, now, uh, some of the comments I got were really interesting is like some people, some parents are saying like, no, I need structure. I need to know like what happening at what time. And everyone's, like I said, everyone's context is different. But I think we need to kind of just take a step back and breathe and, and kind of assess the situation before we just start dumping stuff you know, on our teachers and, and our students and our families. And, and so what I've been really thinking about is that, you know, this situation could be going on for a long time right now uh, in the United States. It's kind of being hinted that this is going to go at least till the end of April, if not longer. And so what are we actually learning from it? What, what's going to happen 
that um, will help us grow. And one of the quotes is shared in uh, Innovate Inside the Box, which feels very relevant right now, is from Donna Volpita. And I'm, I apologize if Donna is listening uh, that I've said her name wrong or I pronounced it wrong. But she said, she said this, that today resilience has a much broader meaning. For researchers and professionals working with kids, it's not just about bouncing back. It's about bouncing forward. Resilience doesn't just mean getting back to normal after facing a difficult situation. It means learning from the process in order to become stronger and better at tackling the next challenge. And so I've really been thinking about that quote and and how meaningful it is right now that are we going to take the situation and just go back to business as usual or some, a lot of people are saying this, that, you know, what will happen when we go back to school and we have a new normal and this is a really simple term and a really simple adjustment to the, the idea of a new normal is how do we create a new and better normal that when our kids back, we are back that we really try to create something much better than, than what they left. And I think for me, you're seeing this really interesting thing happen in the world is that parents are really having a, a, a better appreciation for teachers. That's very obvious. But I also have been noticing that teachers have this, many teachers have this renewed sense of why they started teaching, why they're so important, you know, because, you know, they, they know how important this work is right now and how crucial this is to our kids. And I'm just seeing an enthusiasm and excitement from so many teachers who are really pushing themselves. So this is something um, I, I've really been, been, been thinking about. And so as all of this stuff is changing and all this stuff is happening in our world, there's two things that I, I, I want you to consider that I've been thinking about, but they're almost counterintuitive. And so one is that you can't just move from face-to-face learning to online spaces. It, the, the pedagogy doesn't, doesn't just transfer. But the second one is, like I said, is going to seem counterintuitive, is that although our teaching may look the same, the principles and focus on what is essential should stay consistent. So for example... One of the things that you hear all the time, and I say it all the time because it's true, is that relationships are the foundation of what we do in education. That That's no less true than it is in an online setting or a remote setting than it is in a face-to-face setting. So yes, some things have to change with the way that we teach and learn, but how do we actually uh, appreciate and stick to the core values uh, of what is actually important? And a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about in this podcast and I share in the blog is actually, I see it as almost an opportunity to really change some of the strategies of what we do while still really being able to focus on that core that many educators forever that I've been learning from, you know, see is important, but a lot of policies and a lot of things have kind of pushed us away, not, not by our own intention, but what you're seeing right now, a lot of people don't care that standardized tests don't exist that they're they're not a big focus and nobody this the world isn't falling apart they're looking at really meaningful work and so uh in the book in my book innovate inside the box that i co-wrote with katie novak i share this core of innovative teaching and learning and i talk about these four concepts and the first one is relationships the second is creating empowering learning experiences the the third one is learner-driven evidence-informed practice an educator is master learner. 
So I'm going to just talk about each one of these things and, and try to provide some insights and some ideas on why they're so important. So the first one I'll talk about is this idea of focusing on relationships. And Joe Sanfilippo, a very good friend of mine, someone I really look up to and is uh, an incredible superintendent, incredible leader. He, he shared this one minute video. He does these one minute walk to school videos and they're, they're really, really powerful. And he shares these two crucial questions that you should be asking your people every single day. And so they are, how are you doing? And do you need anything? And it's a really simple question. But like I said, we, we, we sometimes assume that people that are good, that we seem like are fine, are, they might be just dealing with a different way. They might be, you know, just kind of putting out a, a, on a, a brave face at the moment, but we need to not assume that everyone's just okay. You know, the people that we see that seem okay, you know, they might be struggling and just kind of checking in on them and starting that. I think is, is really powerful. And one of the things that I've been trying to do, and I know this seems really silly, but there's a purpose behind it. Every single morning, I, I tweet out like a funny video, something adorable, whatever, just to kind of give people a break from all the stuff and just to try to get a smile out of people, uh, just to connect. And I actually, um, for, for years, I think it's for a couple of years now, I've been sharing a, a question every Friday afternoon, and it's my Gift Friday uh, question. And it's meant to just be something for fun. It's meant to be something where you could check in. And, and the last time, uh, the, one of the last ones that I just shared was basically, hey, all this stuff's going on, how are you doing? And responding gift form. And some of the responses from educators are absolutely hilarious. Some of them, I actually was concerned about the response. And so I actually uh, private messaged them just to check in to see how they're doing. I had some really great conversations. So doing something like that, you know, with your students, instead of like jumping right into the content, you know, maybe you're delivering a lesson or whatever, but actually doing that check-in. And uh, Alison Apsey, uh, another amazing leader, she wrote a blog post talking about how she just had like a quick little Google form where she could check in not only with her staff, but she started doing it with her school community to see how they're doing, to check in and see if she can provide any support to them. So all of this stuff, all of this learning, all of these things that we actually have to do, if you do not build the relationships and people are not okay, the learning is not going to happen. So we have to really focus on that is the core of the work that we do. And so the second one is how we focus on creating empowered learning experiences. And I've been thinking about this because there's a concern and a conversation about like, how am I going to deliver, you know, six hours of like lecture through a Zoom or whatever. And that shouldn't be the focus at all. First of all, we need to have flexibility, understanding that, you know, every kid's family, every situation is different. You might have five teachers expecting kids to be on a Zoom call uh, when they have one device in the family or maybe even none. And so it doesn't seem to, to make much sense. And so we really need to focus more on the learning as opposed to the teaching and having flexibility in that learning and, and, and what that looks like. And when I was talking about in Innovate Inside the Box, and this is something I've been struggling with for you know, the last couple of years, because I'm trying to still learn and grow, obviously, as we all should be at any time, whether there's a pandemic or not, is the idea of engagement and empowerment. And I'll, I'll, I used to say engagement versus empowerment. 
But the easy way to explain is that if you are engaged, it doesn't mean you're empowered, but if you're empowered, you're definitely engaged. They're actually really crucial. And so when I started like kind of read or writing and talking about these ideas, you would think of like things like engagement of like kids listening, reading, observing, consuming. But then you'd move to like the, the notion of empowerment, of speaking, writing, interacting, and creating. But really, it doesn't mean that, you know, what is empowerment and what is the engagement in category. So, for example, if I have some choice in what I'm reading, if I have some choice in the audio that I'm wa- or listening to or media that I'm watching, there's empowerment through that process. But if I'm actually writing uh, stuff I don't care about, there's no empowerment, probably nor engagement. It's all about compliance. So it's trying to find that balance where we actually have, make sure that we're, we're giving kids opportunities to create, to do something really meaningful with their learning. And I think meaning is a really important word right now. Um, and empowerment is a really important word in, in what we're doing and giving them voice and choice through the process. And if you really want to create empowering learning experiences, how do you actually get kids to do meaningful stuff, having that flexibility and giving them some leeway in how they create things? And I think empowerment is really important. Focus less on, on the teaching and, and more on what, how students and, and how, what they're learning. And I think that, that to me is really important. The next one I'm going to talk about is the, the idea of focusing on learner-driven evidence-informed practice. And one of the things that I'm seeing right now is not much conversation about data-driven stuff right now because we see what's important. And the idea of learner-driven is really, it's not saying data is not important. I've had this conversation 10 million times. No one is saying data is not important. But really, the best research we could do in education is always know the kids we serve, always know the learners that we serve. And so when we actually understand those kids and we, we kind of work based on their passions, their interests, and really know who they are, then we can start really looking at what they're learning and use that evidence to inform, to kind of guide us as we help these kids move forward. And I've written this, I've shared this a million times, uh, five questions to ask your students to start the school year, but they're not meant just for the school year. And I actually did a podcast on this. And just think of these five simple questions. So what are some of the qualities you look for in a teacher? What are you passionate about? What is one big question you have for this year? What are your strengths and how can you utilize them? And what does success at the end of the year look like to you? Those, those same five questions are as relevant as the first day of school as they are right now, but they actually help us understand the kids we serve and, and, and what they're, they're excited about, what they're passionate about. So for example, if we're encouraging kids to read, are we telling them to read specific books? Or are we trying to find options for them based on what they love and they're passionate about? And something that is, you know, been shared over and over and over again, is that kids will actually read at much higher levels if they're interested in the content. And so really empowering kids and getting them to um, really know who they are helps us to create really powerful learning experiences. And that actually goes to the last point is focusing on educators, master learner first, and then a teacher second. The amount of times I've heard the word unprecedented is literally unprecedented. I've heard this word so many times that it's driving me crazy. I don't know why it's irking me so much, but I, I guess it's just this constant reminder that like, I know what's going on, right? And so there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of struggle. But understand, this is not just 
educators. This is all of us. We're all struggling. We're all doing this. And I think part of it is really how do we actually embrace the learning opportunity in front of us? How do we embrace the learning that's happening? And what's happening in, in many cases is that many teachers are trying to implement new strategies, new ideas, their uh, new software, new technology. But they haven't really learned with it first. We're like jumping straight to the teaching without doing the learning. And so can we create opportunities for ourselves and hopefully administrators that are listening, having opportunities to actually have, have, you know, give teachers time to meaningfully learn and understand learning from the aspect. So for example, if we want students to create some media, to write a blog post, are we doing that first? Or are we just hoping for the best? And you don't have to do everything uh, that a kid actually does first, but do we, are we empowering ourselves in our own learning? Are we going through that process? And one of the things that I think is really, really interesting right now, uh, I've been watching and I've been using TikTok forever and there are a lot of teachers on TikTok right now. There's a lot of teachers making content and creating. And I think a lot of them are using that. It's really interesting because they're not just trying to learn, but I see them with their kids. I see them doing stuff for their students. And not only are they actually immersing themselves as a learner, they're using this technology to actually connect, which is the most important way to use technology is to build relationships and to focus on depth of learning. And so I think that as we go through this process, think about some of the ideas of things that maybe you want to try that you do with your students. So for example, let's say we ask our students to reflect in a blog. We do this in classrooms all the time that, you know, we ask kids to take time to read and then as the teacher will sit and read in front of the kids because that's really good modeling for our students. But if you're asking teachers a blog, are you actually taking some of the time to write and reflect and share some of your ideas and modeling the same way we would we do with their reading? So really, let's not jump right to the teaching without doing some of this learning. I know that's totally not possible and in every aspect but really seeing ourselves as learners first through this process that when we actually get back to school as we will be so much better a teacher because we understand learning in a totally different way and a more powerful way than, than what we did before. And so I just kind of want to share some of these ideas. And um, the reason I'm trying to share these ideas, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like you need to do this or you're wrong. Cause they're, like I said, everyone's context is totally different. But I wanted to spark some conversation, and I, I also kind of modeling the same process. I wanted to break down these ideas and talk about them and write about them, so I can kind of just think about this. And when we share stuff publicly, we really think about what we're sharing because it's really there's a really great um, quote. I think it's from uh, Clive Thompson. He says, "Anyone can win an argument inside their head." But when you have to face an audience, you have to be truly convincing. And so it makes you really think about the work that you're doing and, and the ideas that you're sharing when you know the entire world can see this. I think that's really important to me. And so I hope some of these ideas help you um, in, in the way that you look. And like I said, there, these, these ideas that I'm sharing with you, these, these definitely apply to the work that we're doing right now. But they're also important when, when we go back. They're so crucial to the work that we do. Focusing on relationships, how we are as learners, empowering our kids, really understanding who they are. None of those things only matter now. They matter at all times. And I think it's kind of centering me on the work and what I shared in Innovator's Mindset and Innovate Inside the Box and why those things are still relevant in any space. And so I hope some of these ideas really help you. But I also want to just share this with you. Just please take care of yourself. I know that 
it, it's really hard. A lot of people are feeling stressed, not because they're just, especially educators, because they're not just taking on their own stress of their own situation, but they're feeling the stress of so many kids that are in um, different situations and some of them are unknown. And so just please take care of yourselves. I hope you have a good day. I really appreciate your time to, to stop by and listen. And I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for all you do. Stay safe. Mirror, and again, It's just me, myself, and I.